good, everybody? Welcome to the live stream here for the Sooner or Later podcast here on the Unfair Sports Network. Thank you all for tuning in and pulling up with your boy. Of course, I am your host, Jay. We're going to dump into a lot of stuff here uh, for this hour. The goal is to keep it under an hour. So we're going to stick around for about an hour. We've got a lot of topics to jump into. For y'all that are here on YouTube, thanks for popping up. Jump in the comments and let me know what's going on with you, how you feel, what you're thinking. Uh, we got, a, like I said, a bunch of stuff to talk about. Um, if you're new to the channel, hit that like, subscribe, and the bell notification. Um, come and join the family. You know, we're, 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 we're talking a lot about a lot of uh, recruiting, especially now that we have um, uh, a lot of quiet time. But the good thing is that the quiet period is over, and so we're going to be hearing a lot of players talking about commitments and stuff. I see you all in the comments asking the question about who's going to commit now. Uh, we'll, we'll start figuring a lot of that stuff out here soon. So some of the topics we're going to dive into today is we're going to talk about Elite Junior Day. Of course, got to go through and talk about um, what players showed up, what players um, you know we're excited about. Um, got a few uh, screen grabs from some of their pictures and stuff, so going to be super stoked about that. We're going to talk about the SEC's potential team scheduling idea um sports illustrated put out an article about this and i thought it was intriguing because it's kind of been the conversation of what's going to go down when oklahoma and texas comes into the conference and they're talking about a three-team permanent schedule i've got some predictions that si put out as well as some thoughts to go with that we'll talk about some of the sooners over in the combine i've got of course i've posted a few shorts about uh, some of the 40 times that were ran, which was dope. And I want to hear about from you all on what you've seen and thought when it came to the combine itself. And then we're going to wrap things up on some crystal balls. I've seen some uh, crystal balls populate. We've got some future cast predictions and crystal balls come down for a couple players after this weekend's festivities. So, um, if you're listening on the podcast, I will make sure to uh, tell you what everybody is seeing visually, just so you all are um, staying, uh, participating with everything that's going on. So without further ado, let's start off here with the Elite Junior Day. Now, this was a big weekend for the Sooners. Over 20 players have come into town. We had a lot of... Um, we had a lot of action, I guess you could say, and a lot of activity on social media. And so I'm going to pull this up. Thank you to the Stoop Bros for putting together this document so you all can see. This is what we're looking at for the Elite Junior Day as far as who was expected visitors, uh, who may have pulled up, and all of that jazz. But there's, of course, the main players that we want to talk about here. You have, you know, your quarterback in Michael Hawkins, who did show up. He's got some pictures. I'm going to talk about him in a moment. We had some five stars in Williams and Winery who pulled up. Kobe Black, um, Edric Houston, you know, all of them posted some pins on their Twitter account showing that they're coming into town. So I'm excited at the fact that we're getting a lot of high-profile players into town. And there was some feedback that I heard recently that I'm going to talk about here shortly. So before – we get too deep into everything. How y'all doing? Looking through these comments real quick. We'll start off with some comments here. Uh, James, as is the a typo? No, it wasn't a typo. I wanted the extra E in there just because it's the first time I'm actually doing a solo uh, live stream. It's been a, I've been wanting to get it done, and so I think I'm going to plan on making these Sundays a consistency. Um, that and then, of course, launched the drop the podcast version of this on Monday morning. So for those that can't come every Sunday or whenever we record, potentially between six and eight, I will make sure to drop that on the Monday morning. You can listen to me on your drive to work, unfortunately. 
Uh, <laughs> Brian, it's a good question. Who's going to commit? We are at the point right now where we have zero. It's kind of weird, but at the same time, I don't think that that's a bad thing or anything to be stressed out about. Because as Hank mentioned right here, it's perfect. June and July are the magic months. So we'll probably get a quarterback first. And then from there, we will see everything kind of go down the um, the train. So, um, and lastly, I'm jumping here real quick, James. Why are you talking about scheduling? Um, I mean, that's potential. I've heard opposite also. I've also heard that Missouri wasn't it. I've seen somewhere where Arkansas was, and we'll dive deeper into that later on. So let's jump first off into the Elite Junior Day. I'm going to bring this back up. Um, some of the players that populated, I think the one that jumped out to all of us the most and the most important one, if anything, is going to be Michael Hawkins. Um, quarterback, you know, out of Frisco. He's one of the quarterbacks that I personally would like to have. I know some of you are really high on Van Buren, and I totally get that. Uh, Michael Van Buren um, out of the uh, Baltimore area. I like him. And we also recently offered a quarterback, uh, Samaj Jones, up in the Philadelphia area. He's expected to go to Penn State, but – he did take a picture with Jalen Hurts and talked about, you know, being with the Sooner legend. So it seems like we are trying to put a little pressure on Michael and get him going. But, hey, he was in town, showed up unexpectedly um, that I've read from some accounts from insiders. And it was great to see that he was in town with his family. Um, his little brother came this <clears throat> part of the class of 25. And I feel it looks like Malik is uh, one of the crystal balls that we did receive. So I'm pretty uh, stoked about that so who else did y'all see what players jumped out to you all from um this weekend's visit love for you to jump in the comments and uh give me your thoughts outside of him we're gonna of course move on into some of the other players we had uh various banks so yeah i i didn't know that banks was gonna come but hey i'm i'm, I'm not gonna be mad about this you know uh the safety out of uh alabama i i talked about him before in another in another video when i uh, on saturday they actually launched on the players that dropped their pins and this is an exciting one for me is that we're able to go after a four-star player that's consensus out of alabama's backyard like that's kind of a big deal you know <laughs> and right now alabama is favorited with all of the sites but the good thing is, is that we look like we could potentially be a player. But he did, you know, looks like he enjoyed his visit, you know. So I, you can't ask for more than that, right? You know, hosting that many players and making sure everybody feels welcome and comfortable and excited is a big deal. It's one of those things that helps with uh, helps with recruiting, you know, overall. You know, and I'm not, you know, I'm preaching to the choir for majority of you. You all understand that. You know, you want to go where you're comfortable, where you feel like you're loved. And we're showering a lot of these good players with love. And so this was great to have all of them together for this weekend, um, mainly because having all these players here together is an opportunity for even some players to recruit for you. And that's kind of my play when it came with Michael Hawkins. Him coming this weekend I feels like what well, feels like a recruiting play by him, uh, not really us, by him to come up and, you know, try to recruit other players to join him here in Oklahoma. That's going to be huge. You want your star quarterback, of course, doing that. Jackson Arnold did it last year. You want to keep that cycle going. And so pretty stoked about that itself. And so, um, of course, five-star Williams and Winery did show up out of Missouri. He he did come. He had some picture videos on his Instagram account. So I took a screen grab of him sitting down doing his photo shoot. 
He's a beast. Top, one of the top defensive ends in the country. Um, I was talking to a buddy of mine last night, actually, while we was out. And he was like, you know, of course, we all want David Stone. That's, you know, we all want Stoney because we want somebody big in the middle to help solidify that line. More so an anchor for at the D-tackle spot. And, yeah, that's kind of something I know that they're pushing for to get get a hold of for, you know, the next couple of cycles. So that as we prepare for the SEC, which now we're going a year earlier, you got to have yourself a really, really, really good uh, defensive tackle if you're going to run that three, uh, that um, that three four, or or whatnot. So or three three five. So because of that, Stoney is supposed to be here the 13th, if I'm correct. Him and his boy Michael supposed to be coming on the 13th of March, and I think they're going to um, Michigan State right afterwards. So they'll spend a day here uh, in Norman, uh, and then they'll spend the the day up in Michigan state. So of course we're going to try to hard sell him on coming here and hopefully we do win that. That's, that's what we hope for. Hey PG, what's going on? Glad that you joined. Um, now this one was really cool. This is the one I like. So Harrison Utley offensive lineman posted this on his Twitter and wanted to caption it of course, but it showed some of the big guys that pulled up, uh, <laughs> uh, Bentley Warren, uh, Daniel Cruz, Grant Bricks all po- pulled up with them in this line. And this looks like, to me, a Joe Moore award-winning offensive line. I don't know about y'all, but this is what this looks like to me. And so because of that, I'm excited at the fact that we are, um, yeah, getting getting some, some good linemen in to continue the trend of O-line U here at um, Oklahoma. And so what's your thoughts? What's your thoughts on these players out there? Um, PG, I mean, some good points. Oh, yeah. And what Neary supposedly said is I read, I just read an article from uh, Steve Wilfong on uh, Williams. And once again, we impressed him in this visit. And once again, it appears that we are the front runner to win this edge out of uh, Missouri. So this would be the second one we can get. So PJ had a byway to go along with Williams would be huge, huge pickups for us. Um, to, like I said, set up that edge and have some really, really good defensive linemen. And so that's the word he's going to be. He, he's stoked about uh, what we've done for him here. And yeah, get excited about that sooner friends. And then I put together a whole collage of some of the other players like Bennett. You got Aquarius, Dunbar. You got uh, Zay Robinson um, out of Midwest City. The running back I really want us to go for, 6'2", 221 pounds, three-star guy, ran for 2,500 yards um, here in Oklahoma. Monstrous. So hoping we get him. And then, of course, Tank Levine. You got a whole bunch of locals, Jake Helms. It looked like a lot of these players had fun. And there's way more pictures than this. I just threw a quick collage of stuff up here for for us to talk through and uh, talk about. So besides that, what's y'all's thoughts? Let's uh, let's look at some of the comments real quick, and then we'll move on into the next topic itself. Like So, of course, PG points out here that uh, uh, Winiri did have a good time. So we're excited about that. And he believes that we're going to land uh, Grant Bricks. I mean, if we can get him crew, I want, I want Bennett Warren too. I want Warren. I mean, if you saw the picture of how huge the dude is, he's huge. Like he's 
huge. He's a ginormous human being. I would definitely love having that big dude out there. And James, you're right. Michigan State just lost their uh, their defensive line coach to the NFL. I'm curious to see what that does to the rest of the defensive linemen there now. Uh, and I'm wondering how influential Mel Tucker was in the recruiting of those D linemen. So that's a very good question. I'm curious to see how this plays out. Um, they still seem to be recruiting defensive linemen, especially from Oklahoma, very well for some reason. It, or they're in the running on a consistent basis. So um, give me your thoughts. Hop in the comments. Let me know what you think about – um, all these great players that we've got that pulled up for the uh, Elite Junior Day. And then we're going to talk into some uh, crystal balls real quick. Let me get this screen popped up real quick. We'll jump to that first before we get into – yeah, we'll do that first. So first off, here's one that I did see. Let me see. The D-tackle from Orlando – 6'4", 300 pounds as a junior. Jeez Louise, who is that? Um, I got to look that up, Hank. That's a good question. 6'4", 300 pound junior from Orlando. I know that we had some 25 players here as well. And let me go back to this original view that I had from here. Whoops. Go back one. We had some players from the 25 class that pulled up so that's a really really good question of who i'm trying to think of who you're talking about hank that's my bad because i'm not sure of the big guy from orlando robinson robinson you know what let me go ahead and do a quick search while we're here hanging out uh add me some more comments let me know what else y'all are thinking about that while i do a quick search on this player Let's see. Let's see. See, he's going into his uh, his senior year this year. Okay, I look him out. Weston. Let's 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 talk about Sims. As of right now, it's but it's I've seen toss ups between Oklahoma and Michigan State. I, no one's can give me a definitive. Nobody's been nobody said a definitive. Haven't seen anything that's telling us where he's actually gonna go. Um, but I know that we have a close relationship with him down there in Durant. And part of the C4 uh, program, we go down there often. Uh, you see Coach Venables there all the time. So I, I'm i not even going to question if, you know, we're going after him. We know we are. are. The question is, is, can we land Sims? Can we lock him up or whatnot? Ah, DeAndre Robinson, even Salaman out of Orlando. Nicely done, uh, PG. He's going to shoot me the link, and we'll go ahead and uh, search that in just a uh, minute. So – that's what we know about Sims. Potential to come. Don't know. Um, but we are actively going after him. So don't don't fret on that portion of it. Hopefully we get a commitment soon out of Hawkins. I think that he should be uh, a key player in our recruiting. Ah, DeAndre Robinson, Orlando, four-star, uh, cons composite four-star. And okay. Okay. He's been around. It didn't look like he was in Norman. So, no, it looks like he was he was at Miami on the fourth. So, we he didn't come here. He was in Miami. So that that's that's why we don't have much about him, uh, Hank. So, 
Keep that in mind. But we need Sims here, too. <laughs> I just think we should just get a whole bunch of defensive linemen and figure it out from there. The more you got, the better. We, we, we can definitely leverage that long term on what we're trying to do here. So crystal balls. Let's jump into some of these crystal balls that popped up. Um, I'm going to pull the screen of this that I saw here from the covered wagons. So it looks like we've got crystal balls out of Malik Hawkins from Parker Thune over at 24-7, as well as from Sam Spiegelman over at uh, on three. He gave us a prediction, and Parker Thune has given us the uh, the crystal ball from the on three crew. So that means that the little brother of Hawkins, he's, he's going to pull up most likely. That's what it looks like. And if that's the case, I'm even more confident that we're going to land Michael in uh, a very soon cycle. And then, of course, Xavier Robinson is another crystal ball we just got from Rivals, from Josh uh, over there at, at the Rivals site. They believe that Xavier's going to come to Oklahoma and commit. He's one of the many running backs we're going to get. I'm curious to how many running backs we're actually going to take. That I think that's the one thing that I'm, I'm truly curious about. And I say that because we got a lot of backs that we are interested in from – uh, Caden Durham, you got Xavier Robinson, which I want, I want Robinson. I want him big back. That's got some speed. I, I want him. I'll put it, put together a video on just his highlights, uh, later this week. So keep an eye out for that. Um, and so with that many backs, you kind of want to have, you know, to me, understanding of how many you're going to be able to take and how comfortable you're going to be having that many, uh, backs come in because, Truth be told, you got to remember, a lot of these players aren't – some of these players aren't going to be cool with having to, you know, ride the pine. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm here for the competition. Iron sharpens iron. I want to see if some of these players can start knocking each other off of these positions. So, um, this is a great question. Are we still recruiting Stacey Gage? I'm hearing Yes. Uh, and I'm hearing there's still mutual interest, but nothing on, on the definitive. But I do know that we are still recruiting him. I would love for us to land him. All right. Thanks, Tyler. I appreciate it. Yes. Uh, SJ is back. I did see that as well. I'm pretty stoked to see that he's actually back on the court. Lloyd, who's going to be the first commit? I think it's going to be Hawkins. I really do. I I, I don't I won't put money on it though. I'm I'm just gonna be honest. <laughs> There's no player I'm gonna put money on being the first commit, but I am pretty confident that it's gonna be Hawkins first. I think he'll be um like Jackson Arnold, first one quarterback, lead the way, and then get on the recruiting trail, basically, just like everybody else. Um that's who I'm sold on um committing first, especially as we're starting to have conversations with other quarterbacks, because it's either him there's going to be some other talented guys that we may land. Don't know. He's committed to two backs per cycle. Feels like we get a lot more than that, though. And that also, and I, that doesn't include like preferred walk ons or anything like that. And we seem to be getting a lot of running back ish players that are walking on or even transferring in. So we'll see. Um,. Good point, PG. 
That's fair. If we can get that, oh man, that would be great. I'm <laughs> love that, James. Uh yeah, I'm I'm here for that, PG. If if we can get Robinson at the, uh ooh, tight end. That would be interesting. Especially at his size. Like he's not he's I mean, he's six two, two twenty five is what the last rating on him was. And hmm. I'm intrigued in him at tight end. If Hawkins commits early, would it be more? Yeah. I think once Hawkins commits, the trickle-down effect's going to hit. I think we'll probably get, like, three or four, like, right afterwards. And then it'll go right past spring game, and then we'll probably get a couple more at that point. And then June, July, as Hank mentioned earlier, is going to be the magic months, the busiest months. That's when the players are going to make their final decisions, especially at the Champ U Barbecue. Um, so, yeah. Drew says he ain't playing H-back or tight end. So, hey, I'll let you and PG decide uh, that one. But, yeah, I'm here for – I'm the exact same way, James. I gamble only on my – bet on myself only, and that's what we're doing today. So, let's jump into the next topic itself, which is going to be dun, – dun, 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 SEC. So, we all know that – we will be going to the SEC beginning in 24. So we forfeited all of our profits. We're going to go ahead and leave early um, uh, and leave when we're supposed – we'll leave on 2024, excuse me. And now the SEC has got to figure out what their schedule is going to look like. Like that's going to be work for them because they've been proposing a nine-team uh, – nine-conference games uh, down the line. And it looks like that's probably where they're going to go. And so the conversation has been around three teams being permanents uh, or whatnot. And kind of like as me and James was talking about earlier, I've seen like four or five others that have populated as names for uh, who we're going to play against. But I put together some for us to look at. Talk through. So this is what Oklahoma's looks like as far as a proposed from uh, Sports Illustrated is OU will have Florida, Missouri and Texas. And then Texas will have A&M, Arkansas, and, of course, Oklahoma. Now, on both of those, I see potentially two issues. One, and me personally, I don't want Missouri. I don't want a former Big 12 school outside of Texas being one of our permanents. I would prefer to go up against a traditional SEC school on a regular basis. Give us Arkansas. They're up the street around the corner. Um, that would be uh, good for both. Um and definitely worth it. And But I do like the Florida idea. I like the Florida idea specifically because that's a great way to go out there and play out there in Gainesville and be in the Florida area on a regular basis to do uh, recruiting. So that would be very helpful to us in the long term. And so I'm sold on that. That's what I want. Now, Texas, this is going to be weird to me. I'm curious if Texas is going to be okay with having A&M on their schedule. Now, y'all may well say, well, they're in Texas, of course. Remember, when A&M left, Texas said they'll never play them again. <laughs> so, to me, I feel like Texas would push back and say, we would rather play them on whatever the revolving um, door is as far as scheduling goes instead of actually playing them every single year. We, that, we don't want them to be permanent. They'll probably ask for Oklahoma, Arkansas, like LSU, something like that, just to, to spite Texas A&M, just to spite the Aggies. That's <laughs> so that's that was a little weird to me. I'm kind of curious to how that one is. Get, jump in the comments. Let me know your thoughts. Um, I, I, I don't like the Missouri one. I prefer Arkansas. Um, 
or they can give us LSU. I don't mind Louisiana. I'm, I won't, I won't argue that one, but I just I don't think that Missouri makes sense. Now, the other prediction that I did see had us with Arkansas and Missouri and no Florida, but then that one got changed to where it was Arkansas and Florida with Texas because we all know Texas is going to be it. But um, outside of that, I I I just don't I don't want to play Missouri. I I'd rather play them on the revolving door, kind of like Texas is with A&M. Not really being spiteful or hateful in regards to it, but I would definitely prefer to play them um, just whenever, every once in a while. And so, yeah, and let's jump into y'all's comments in regards to this one or whatnot. Yeah, Florida game brings back those memories from 2008. Yeah, you are 100% correct there. Drew, I know you want Arkansas. It's not far for you to drive to get, <laughs> to get to that game. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah let's go on that. Um, and you're right. I have all the other ones, too. I'm going to put them up on the screen next. I want to talk through the rest of the SEC schedule because I think that's very fascinating what they've got set up. But, yeah, Drew, they – I think they dig holes, too. Uh, Kim with the question over here. Texas, Missouri, Florida, love it. Keeps the recruiting pipelines open. Exactly. That is why I'm so on the idea of doing Florida and keeping that there. Of course, Texas, we've got to do, you know, Red River every year. That's the rivalry that's got to go. We we move as a unit, it seems like, anyway. So we may as well keep that one going. But um, Missouri's the only one I don't. Even though you, you, you make a great point with the recruiting pipeline, with us taking getting so many players in the Kansas City area, it makes sense to get up to Missouri on a regular basis and play up there. That way they can see us in person and have opportunities to be at the game. Or when Missouri bring their recruits, they can watch us throttle them. I'm totally in for that. I just don't want to play Missouri like that every single year. I just don't. And that's just me. 100% me. Um, so let's look at these other schedules real quick and jump right into those. So this is what it looks like so far for all these schedules. I am, um, yeah, like I said, this is a little bit on the intriguing side that we actually, that, that this is what they're looking at doing. We've got, whew, Alabama's got, of course, Auburn, Tennessee, and LSU. That one's, that, all, Alabama's was probably the most predictable one of all of these. They're the only one I was able to say the minute that they talked about this. I was like, oh yeah, it's gotta be those three. Um, and even though LSU is really not a rivalry, it's more so the Nick Saban piece is what makes it a quote-unquote rivalry because he was a coach there, you know, and they love him in Louisiana. So that's good for recruiting pipeline, and it's good for just him in general as far as Nick Saban goes. And it's always epic. We've had epic battles for years with those two. So I totally, totally understand um, that setup. Auburn, they get Bama, Georgia, and then Vanderbilt. Now, the, <laughs> as we laugh about this, Drew, uh, Vanderbilt is, of course, I mean, that, that's technically the cupcake for everybody in the SEC as far as the conference game goes, kind of like when Kansas, before they decided they want to show up the last couple of years, that was basically that same deal. That may be the saving grace to keep that from being too tough. But, yeah, that is a very tough schedule for them. I think Arkansas is pretty light, too. Them with Ole Miss, and just, Ole Miss, Texas, and Missouri, it's not bad at all. Um, I would prefer, like I said, Oklahoma in there. 
Florida's looks exactly as Florida's probably would be. The South Carolina one was kind of weird. Um, I'm surprised it wasn't Tennessee. I figured that one would be the team that Florida would get. But, no, they, they did not have to get that one. Then, of course, you got Georgia with Florida, Auburn, and Kentucky. And Kentucky's a tough one. That, that, that's a tougher game than you expect, especially the way that uh, Mark Stoops is coaching up there. They're doing a really good job of recruiting, and they do a really good job of coaching their players. And so that is fun. <laughs> um, yes, comments hilarious, especially Drew talking about Arkansas always finding a way to lose. You are 100% right. Uh, LSU, the Tigers going in here against uh, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, and Alabama is – there seem like it's a little favorable for them. And then, of course, with Ole Miss, you know, they have LSU is really the tough one for them. With Got to keep the egg bowl going and then Arkansas. But in your other eight, ooh, that's a good one, Paul. We'll, we'll t- I'm, I'm going to pull up comments in just a second. Um, Mississippi State, of course. There's And when I looked at the le- last of these, Tennessee's was the South Carolina game still is kind of like, huh? I figured it would have been Florida, but granted, I get it. If you feel like you would prefer the South Carolina, gotta give South Carolina somebody to play, I guess. But they get Florida, Tennessee, and Kentucky, and then Vanderbilt gets, you know, Tennessee, Auburn, and Missouri. But I'm really curious about this A and M setup because I really do think that Texas is going to be like, nah, man, we won't play them. <laughs> we don't want to play them. We already say we won't play them no more. We'll play them only when we have to, and we don't want them to be permanent. But it would be nice to have that rivalry back, though. As a fan of just football football itself, it would be great to have that rivalry back and watch them bicker back and forth about who's the biggest and baddest in Texas. That would be fun to bring that back. So we'll see if they decide to do that or whatnot. All right. Jump to y'all's comments. Let's see what y'all talking about inside of here. Drew, you're right. We do. We recruit St. Louis like crazy. That is another location we get. And I'm more so focused on Kansas City because we, we're getting a lot of top top guys in Kansas City, especially on the defensive line. That's that they have been breeding them lately. They they've got something in their water to where they're just making a whole bunch of those uh, players um, in Kansas City. So we're, we're we're snatching them up as much as possible. <clears throat> and Arkansas always tries to lose. They, they find a way. That's, that is the Arkansas tradition. Paul, that's a good, that's a very valid point. What do we want? Do we want winnable games or we want recruiting? Let me ask y'all this. What do y'all want? You want winnable games? Do you want recruiting? Which one's more important to you? Because to me, yeah. Of Oklahoma now. It's a, uh, interesting one. Whoops. Let's put you down. That's what I want to know is which ones do you all prefer? Do you all prefer to have winnable games or do you prefer to have games that are um, there for recruiting? What's your thoughts? You just want to go to the Grove, Drew. That's really all you want to do. You want to go hang out at the Grove. And I understand that because the Grove is fun. I've heard nothing but great things on that trail. And, yeah, you're 100% right, Hank. That SEC loves rivalry games, which makes me question the Tennessee-Florida one. They are rivals, basically. 
That is a rivalry. That's the one that, <laughs> that I don't, that, that's the, I'm trying to understand why Tennessee isn't set up to play them. That's the one that jumped out to me. It's like, why not Tennessee and Florida? What's the hold up when it comes to that? So, all right. And right, Drew, winning equals recruiting. James, you're, you're telling me you, you recruiting leads to winning, and there's no dodging anyone with the 3-6 format. And recruiting will make winnable games. That's a great point. So I'm guessing what everybody's thinking, the consensus feels like, is we need to go after the games that are going to help us with recruiting, and then we can start winning from there. That that's what I'm understanding from you all, and and I'm you're not wrong. Uh oh, you like their schedule? My bad, Drew. You like theirs? <laughs> My bad. Um, no, I don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're playing for a boot, if it's some sort of trophy, there it should be a rivalry, and as we've seen here, let me go back to Arkansas and Louisiana, LSU. Yeah, they're not even really set themselves up plaguing each other, which is, of course, annoying in itself. If you if you if you're playing for something, it's technically a rivalry. And as mentioned, the SEC loves a rivalry games because it really does bring out uh the fans, especially in SEC. It does make a heavy schedule for, for Florida. I think I guess the question's gonna be who what is the what is the rankings in the SEC as far as heaviness? Like what is the echelon levels that we have? What's who is the the team that you would consider to be the tough? Of course, the toughest. We know the top two toughest ones. But out of everybody else, how do you rank them? And that, I mean, as good as Tennessee was this year, I think they're going to be solid going forward. The way Heupel is recruiting and coaching, but that doesn't tell that doesn't guarantee anything because I've seen Tennessee have ten win seasons and then fall off afterwards. Uh, we don't know yet. We ha we don't know what the consistency is going to look like. Um. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy, you're right. Arkansas would be happy to play Bama every year. I think everybody would be happy not to play Bama or Georgia every year. Um. But they got to play somebody. So whenever things cycle around in that format, you're eventually going to you know run across and play against each other. So. Good discussion. Hop in the comments. Let your boy know what you think. Um, we'll, we'll bring some more of these comments up in a minute. But I want to talk about some of these Sooners in the uh, at the Combine to wrap things up, really. I know y'all watch the 40s, right? Like, I have uh, a couple of 40s on here right now. Let's pull up. Who is this one? This one is Marvin Mims. So we watched him run his 40. I put up a short for him. Definitely something to watch. And, of course, he runs a 4-3-8-40. He's the, he's the second fastest 40 time for them, which is pretty darn good for um, him because that just makes his stock go up. And I know that for, for him leaving early, a lot of us had questions. I was one of them wondering if him leaving early made sense, if he should have stayed one more year to kind of redeem himself from some of like the catching issues and drops that we saw, if that would deter him. But having a strong combine, I think that just probably propelled him back up higher in um, 
in the the draft predictions and stuff. So got to go look at the mocks after this weekend and see what it looks like for him to come through. But overall, man, he he had a good combine. He had a really good combine. Turk had a really good combine. I saw um, Willis, Braden Willis had a really good combine. I am actually surprised too, PG, that Colden did not get invited. I really wish that he had more eligibility. He could have came back because that would have been nice too. But I'm surprised he didn't get that as well. He may actually end up either undrafted free agent somewhere and make a team. I think he's good enough to make a team uh, after being there. Um, Let's see what else we got in here. Tennessee, OU, and Georgia every year. In luck of the draw, they get Bama and Texas in the same season with Kentucky and South Carolina. Yeah, that would be a monster schedule. Monster. And I'm totally here for it. Because it, it makes me think about how the Big Ten is set up. How they have, you know, their East and West. And every year it's Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, and Ohio State. All four, all of them play each other every year. And sometimes on one side, they never that, – that a West team will not see any of them. And that's the years usually when, like, Iowa has really, really good years. Um, we've seen Wisconsin has some really good years because of it. It's because they don't meet those four juggernauts, and it's kind of unfair. But that's how it works. Let's just see if, you know, you can capitalize off of that. But I was really hoping that Colden would um, have come back. I was excited about the opportunity, but he decided to go pro. Then he didn't get invited to the combine, which sucks, as PG mate mentioned. Um, but overall, it looks like we're having some good combines. I saw Anton uh, Harrison ran a 499 on his 40, which is awesome. I'm going to put together a short and drop that later on today. That, my friend, is huge. A sub five for that lineman. He's, his stock has been rising throughout the entire combine. Um, I have it turned on actually right now, and I've watched it here and there over the last uh, couple of days and just, just kind of tuning in. You know, it's it's combine's weird to me. It's always been weird to me. It's, you know, just weird overall. But it's a, it is that opportunity for those players that are quote-unquote fringe to really prove themselves. Um, and I kind of want to talk about this too, and I know a lot of y'all aren't going to like to hear this or whatnot, is the Anthony Richardson love that he's getting. I get why it, it makes sense. Um, it's twofold. One, he's going to get some ge either general manager fired or, or a very big raise depending on how they manage him. But the big love for him and why is if you go watch those defensive ends that were running their 40 time, um, Byron Young for uh, Tennessee ran like a 4-4-40. 280 pounds. Yeah, that's frightening. That's frightening. PJ Adebayo's brother. He ran like a 4 like a 449. Imagine imagine you having to get away from that. Now, you think he may not go full speed at you. It just depends on how fast he gets around one of those tackles or one of those guards. But that's terrifying. The thought. And so I get the Anthony Richardson love. I understand why someone would be willing to risk their job to take him. And PG, you say that he is going to be a first-round pick. 
he will be. Um, he probably won't. I don't think he's a lottery. I don't think he goes in the top 15, but I do think he goes between 30 and 32 because it's the perfect place to take a quarterback that you consider a project. You can uh, you get the five years on the contract with them. So you have the opportunity to take your time with them. And if he does excel quickly, then you still got him on a cheap contract. You don't have to worry about trying to extend him. So that's why you're going to do it. They're going to do it between 30 and 32. That's why I'm expecting him to go. I don't think he's the first quarterback off the board, but I do think he goes first round for that reason only. That was the same thing they did with Lamar Jackson uh, in Baltimore. They wanted that fifth year uh, that you get with first rounders to where they can, you know, make sure and see if this is what they want to do going forward. And uh, so far, I mean, they've been having some of the best records in the season uh, with them. So with AR, I mean, yeah, PG, you're right. He's, for the most part, was not very good at Florida. I don't blame him fully for it. I kind of blame Florida a little bit more. But if you put him with the right coaching, perfect example, Josh, go look at Josh Allen when he was at Wyoming. And that's the problem when it comes to Anthony Richardson. This is why I say somebody's going to get fired by drafting him too high, is that that's the comp. That's the comp on the project. Look at what happened with Josh Allen. He got out there. He had the right coaching. He changed his entire mechanics from a 50% completion percenter to up to 65, 70. You know? Um, that's the selling point on going after a guy that big, that strong, with that high of a ceiling. Only problem is his floor is really, 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 really low. Um, but he's an athlete. He also, depending on the team you go to, you're probably going to have a really bad offensive line unless he gets drafted late. Most of these teams with really, really, really bad lines, you need a quarterback that can buy his own time. Look at what Justin Fields had to figure out. Now, the problem for Justin is that he's going to take a lot of hits. He's just got to be a lot smarter with his sliding to prevent getting level. But, um, yeah, let's jump into these comments. Kim, that's exactly my point of why it's terrifying for, um, for some of these quarterbacks. I think that that's why you're that's, that's the a that's the reason for Anthony Richardson. That's the whole point of going after him. He has really good pocket presence. He just doesn't have the right mechanics, and you can tell that he didn't have the right quarterback coach. You get him the right one, and and everybody in the NFL is cocky enough to believe they can fix everybody, and that's the reason why you do that. But PJ Adebayo's brother, uh, running that fast at like two hundred and like seventy or eighty pounds as well, and they everyone knows that PJ is a little bit more freakish compared to his brother. So Sooner fans be excited. If you ever question Todd Bates, I don't know why you do, because he's got PJ, that five star out of byway coming. Uh that I cannot agree with you, my man, Bryce. I can't can't agree with you, Drew, on that one. Bryce will not be a bust. I think the only problem he has is that he has to go to the right system. And I think that's with every quarterback. Um, I don't think he'll be a bust because of himself. I think he'll be a bust because his team is just really, really bad. Um, that's some levels and stuff or whatnot you got to look at. Um, appreciate that, PG. While you're here, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe if you're not, if you're new to the channel. Thank you all for pulling up. This is this is fun. I like interacting with everybody and talking. Um, and Hank, I don't know if he'll be a star, but I think he'll be a good NFL quarterback, one that will actually stick around. Um, someone gave him a comp, and I don't know why they did this, but I kind of understood some points they're trying to make was around like the Patrick Mahomes piece. You got to have a legendary coach that's able to work with them that's raw when you have raw talent like that. But also, 
as much as we don't like Cliff Kingsbury, Cliff Kingsbury played quarterback, and I think that helped Patrick Mahomes in some capacities, if not any, if not anything, just to know what not to do when playing quarterback. But I think he's going to be solid. I really do like um, – I think that Bryce is going to be – he's got the – he played underneath Bill O'Brien. He ran that offense. I think he'll be fine. Um, the only thing he's got to do is make sure he don't get leveled. If he gets hit too hard, and he's going to have a problem there. And that's okay. Happens to uh, the best. And you're right, Robert. That's the biggest thing. He, he has a lot of work to do. But all of the scouts, uh, NFL scouts, and a lot of draft analysts have pointed out, everyone loves his pocket presence. You can tell that he tries to stay in the pocket. And he has, he has solid vision. He just throws the ball too hard. It's kind of like Joe Milton, the third. But Joe Milton throws a lot harder. Um, he, they just throw too hard. They just, it, the accuracy isn't there. But Josh Allen was the exact same way when he came out of Wyoming. He wasn't the best player in his conference. But he played a lot. He did have a lot more starts in comparison. So, Robert, you are correct. Having not enough starts can't hurt you. I think that the other thing is the cockiness of general managers and coaches in the NFL will also either lead to their demise or they will make some magic happen. I don't know. Now, another one that we got to see was um, Jalen Redman. Y'all see his 40? Posted a short on him. I hope you went and watched that. I'm going to go ahead and play it again for you. So you want somebody that big running a 485 at you? I don't. <laughs> I'm terrified thinking about it. It's a big boy running right at you like that. Nah, nah, nah. That is a, that's a terrifying uh, mammoth of a human being that will be chasing you. So, yeah, I am – I'm stoked for Jalen doing well. I think Willis ends up doing well uh, in the draft. Um, and then, of course, you know, Turk's probably going to end up getting drafted on top of uh, – I'm wait, I've been looking for the Eric Gray stuff. I haven't seen anything from Eric Gray, really. I've watched him run some drills, but I didn't get to really see his 40 yet. Uh, but that was today for the uh, running backs. Um and then, of course, uh, Wanye uh, Morris wasn't really doing too much, but I did see him out there. So, so yeah, that's Sooners at the Combine. Uh, let's jump in the comments real quick and see what y'all arguing about right now. Thank you, Drew, for the friendly reminder. Hit that uh, like button for me. Really do appreciate that. I'll probably have Drew and PG on uh, one of these coming up soon, um, and we can kind of argue about some of the positions and stuff. Cause that's the one thing I want to do on these Sundays is talk about the position. So the next one, we'll probably go through two positions. We'll go through the um, defensive back. So we'll probably go back through corners and safeties and just kind of talk about the transfers as well as the current players and all of that and really dive into them. I exited it today because the, the crystal balls that came through and I want to do Q&A here at the end to kind of talk about the recruits, anything else we talked about in the show. I'd rather get more interaction with you all from there. So that's actually probably the best place for him to go. Denver's a really good – Sean Payton could figure that out. And as long as – and I think that Denver would give Sean Payton the time to do it. That's five years with Russell Wilson that's left. They're not going to be able to get rid of him because it's too much money. And you put him back there, I think he'd be good. That would actually be smart. 
that would be a good play. Now, if they can figure out somebody to take the Russell Wilson contract, you know, we won't too far in NFL, but that's probably a good place for him there. Health-wise is what I'm wondering about with Redmond. As long as he stay healthy, man, he he's going to be a steal by somebody. He's got the work ethic. It's just the health. It's always been kicking his butt. Yeah, man. Corporate duck, you're right. <laughs> I'm going to miss him. I'm going to miss him. I'm just curious to what what other other um, punters we get out in the recruiting trail to make it happen. So cross our fingers, we've got somebody else coming through. Um, besides that, <laughs> PG and his Royals, I'm so happy for him and his baseball. Besides that, Elite Junior Day was a, was a big success. We got a lot of great feedback from the players, their excitement about coming through. Um, I'm hoping you all go go hop on social media, show them some love, thank them for pulling up, remind them of why they want to come to Oklahoma. You are the best fans out there. You're the reason why they need to pull up. Definitely make sure you do that. While you're here, hit that like and that uh, subscribe button and jump in the comments. Love the interaction. Um, Hank, you're right. I think that Sean Payton can do that for AR. I think that that is probably one of the uh, – he's one of the few coaches I would trust with that. Honestly, I think Sean McVay would be fine with them too. I think Sean McVay could figure that out. Um, I think he could figure it out. I mean, he was able to get to the uh, to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. And Jared Goff's not bad. Jared Goff, I don't see him making a Super Bowl carrying by himself. I like that. Yeah, that's a good point. ASU, man, they, what they're doing over there, they're doing some, they're going to do, they're, that's the only Arizona school I'm afraid of. And it's the first time I've been afraid of an Arizona school since before Herm Edwards got there at ASU. And I wasn't really terrified of him when they got Herm because I just, I guess my thought with him is even though he's an NF, he came from the NFL, he feels too much like an NFL guy, and it felt like recruiting would be a pain in his butt. And then, of course, they've got eight bajillion. Um, they got, yeah, all kinds of um, violations, and so they've run through nothing but pain and suffering since he's gone. So, I mean, granted, that doesn't mean that it helps them very much. And EG did not run. Thank you. I was looking for it. I, was, I, I had not – seen anything with the run and I suspected that he didn't run at all so that makes sense thank you for that James all right as we hanging out we're gonna, we're, 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 we're coming up here to the end I'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up <laughs> wrap it up put a bow on it and uh Jimmy you're right I I, I mean, since we're not in the uh, really uh, Dylan Rayleigh uh, sweepstakes, I'm not really following much of his recruiting. I mean, unless he goes to Colorado, there's not real much to to talk about. Uh, no, actually, Nebraska is a good one too. If he ends up at Nebraska, that'd be huge. If he gets up there, that would be a massive um, that would be a massive haul by Matt Rule to rebuild what Nebraska's trying to figure out. So for me, I'm not – yeah, anything out west, I'm leaving them out there. So I'm about to ride out. Pate's about to start. 
Good point, Hank. Thank you. He's always got the even better inside stuff because he has a whole staff of people doing all the stuff that I just did today. So thank y'all for tuning in. We're going to wrap this up. Thank y'all for listening on the podcast. If you're listening, uh, make sure you rate, review, and give us five stars. You think we deserve it? Just give us five anyway and gift it. Everybody else here, hit that like, subscribe, and the bell notification and join the fam. We're going to be dropping a lot more. Uh, I'm going to focus... Oh yeah, let me before I roll out. Thank you all for jumping in the community post and kind of answering the questions and hitting those polls for us. It not only helped me, it helped some other content creators I know that are doing the same thing, trying to evaluate how to make sure to get you guys all the best content. And so you've done nothing but help all of the OU community uh, uh, content creators. So thank you. So the goal is to try to make you know that content tailored for you all. I think I'm gonna. You know, not only put like little highlights on the shorts for like some of our former players as they're, you know, transitioning towards the NFL, but start doing really quick updates on like offers for those that don't need to have a big um, detailed video um, so that you all can kind of see, you know, just know who's out there, who they are, quick stats, boom, 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 25 seconds, 25, 30 seconds info you can see who that is and you can go back and rewatch it as uh needed um and so i'm planning on doing that more with shorts so that that's kind of why i'm playing with them but it's the new medium that youtube is really pushing so want to make sure that we are all participating and providing y'all with some cool stuff so outside of that thanks for pulling up hit the like subscribe notification we'll be doing this stuff on sundays uh i'll make sure to post on, on either friday or saturday when i'm gonna do it as well as the guests is gonna go on there and the topics so holla at me and uh, outside of that, we will chop it up. I don't know. Day two. Keep a lookout for the videos. <laughs> Peace.